Napa know-how. When you purchase a set of Napa brake pads and rotors, you get a discount code from Fanatics.com worth up to $50 towards your favorite sports gear. While Napa can't help your team reach the promised land, we can help make sure your car will because these brakes come with something no sports team does. Guaranteed performance. Great brakes, great price, great fan gear. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Offer expires September 30th, 2017. You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Seahawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the fastest growing sports audio network in the world. This is Vincent Verhey of Football Outsiders, and I am back talking your Seattle Seahawks and all the news around the NFL. Thanks for hanging out today. Let's hang out again tomorrow. Be sure you and your friends subscribe to the podcast, because we are going to have some fun. Now, we're going to try ha- try and have some fun today. It is, of course, a sad day. The Seahawks season has come to an end. Not a surprise, but definitely a disappointment. Uh, no team with this offensive line this bad and this many secondary injuries was going to win a championship. So uh, they faced a MVP quarterback at the top of his game. They faced the best offense in the league, and they got beat, and that's that. Uh, so we're going to jump right into our box score breakdown. Uh, the final score, 36-20, to 20, as we all know that. Uh, Seattle jumped out to a 7-0 lead, and it was pretty much all downhill from there. Uh, one of my favorite things about this game, and there's a short list, obviously, but one of my favorite things about this game is Seattle got the opening kickoff and held the ball for more than 8.5 minutes, and then Atlanta went on their own, line, own long drive, and the first quarter ended, and Atlanta's first drive hadn't even ended yet. They still had the ball. And this is actually the first time the Falcons have been held scoreless in the first quarter at home all year. Now, they got a touchdown in the opening drive, but it wasn't until the second quarter because things the game was so short in, in that aspect as far as number of drives. Uh, looking at the final team stats, no surprise, Atlanta led in almost everything. Uh, 28 first downs to 17. They were tied in, in, in rushing first down 7 to 7. But Atlanta had a huge edge in passing first downs, 19-9. to Third downs are pretty even. Atlanta, 6 out of 12. Seattle, 5 out of 11. Uh, total yards, huge edge for Atlanta, 422-309. to Total plays, big edge for Atlanta, 69-54. to Yards per play, big edge for Atlanta, 6.1-5.7. to Seattle finished with better rushing numbers. Uh, 101 yards on 21 carries, that is 4.8 yards per carry. As opposed to Atlanta's 99 yards on 29 carries, that is 3.4 yards per carry. But keep in mind, a lot of uh, Seattle's runs were on Russell Wilson's scrambles after the game was mostly decided. And a lot of Atlanta's runs were into a uh, straight into the heart of a defense that knew a run was coming, and they didn't care, they just wanted to kill some clock in the second half. Passing yards, huge edge for Atlanta, as we all expected, 323-208. to 208. Both teams had three sacks. Uh, 8.1 yards per, pa- per pass play for Atlanta to 6.3 for Seattle. Big edge for Atlanta there. Um, punting may have been the only edge for Seattle in this entire game. Uh, we all know about Devin Hester's big returns, but John Ryan also had two punts, uh, averaged, I think one went 60 and one went 58, uh, compared to Atlanta's average of 44.3 per kick. Uh, net average, 54.5 for Seattle, 37.7 for Atlanta. That's the pretty much the, the, the only edge that went Seattle's way. Uh, that's really about it for the team stats. Looking at the drive charts that tell you not just what happened, but when. 
Seattle, of course, started the game with an 89-yard touchdown drive. And as I said, it was all downhill from there. We go 40 yards in a field goal, minus 7 yards in a safety, 9 yards in a punt, 14 yards in the end of the half. And then you open the uh, first drive of the second half. They go 80 yards, but still only get a field goal when they needed a touchdown. And then the fourth quarter, when it was pretty much uh, out of hand throughout, 6 yards in a punt, 31 yards in an interception, 31 yards in a touchdown, and then 16 yards in an interception on a ball that I, for the life of me, I will never understand how it was not called a reception and down by contact. But whatever, it doesn't matter. It came with uh, 2 minutes left of a 16-point game. It was not going to decide anything. Uh, the Falcons' drives, much better than Seattle's in the hole. 75 yards and a touchdown, 2 yards and a punt, 40 yards and a field goal, 99 yards and a touchdown. Then they only had one yard, uh, one drive in the third quarter as well. That went 75 yards and a touchdown. And then 62 yards and a field goal, 14 yards and a punt, 14, 46 yards and a touchdown, 9 yards and a punt, and 12 yards at the end of the game. Uh, average field position for Seattle, their own 26 Average field position for Atlanta, their own 35. Individual stats, for starting with the five Falcons that Seattle must stop, I don't think Seattle stopped any of them. Uh, Matt Ryan, we already talked about, averaged more than 8 yards of pass play. 26 of 37 for 338 yards. He was sacked three times, but he also had three touchdowns and no picks. Uh, Tevin Coleman was the Falcons' leading rusher. 11 carries for 57 yards, that is a 5.2-yard average. Devontae Freeman had more carries, 14, but only 45 yards and a 3.2-yard average. But he ran for a touchdown, and he also gained 80 yards receiving. In fact, by receiving, he was Atlanta's leading, uh, by yardage, he was Atlanta's leading receiver. He had four catches for 80 yards and five targets. Julio Jones had a quiet but efficient day. Uh, Six catches and eight targets for 67 yards and a touchdown. And Taylor Gabriel, also the, the other big play threat behind Freeman, actually. Uh, four catches in six targets for 71 yards. Uh, Gabriel and Freeman, I believe, both had big catches right up the middle where they made... They were short catches, but then they broke Stephen Terrell tackles and got big yards after the catch. And uh, there you go. That's what happens when you don't have Earl Thomas in the backfield and you have Stephen Terrell instead. A few other numbers for Atlanta. Not only did they have two interceptions, but they both get returned for big yardage. Uh, 45 and 28 by Allen and Jones. And uh, I'm not going to look up their first names because, frankly, uh, I don't care, and I don't think you do either. Uh, Matt Bosher averaged 37.7 yards per net punt, had one touchback, one inside the 20, and uh, Devin Hester officially had one punt return for zero yards. And that, of course, does not count the biggest play of the game when he had a 70-some-yard punt return that set Seattle up inside the 10, but it was called back for a holding penalty before the ball was even kicked, and Seattle ended up inside their own 10, and uh, ended up getting up a safety, so that one penalty resulted in probably at least a five-point swing, maybe even a nine-point swing, and in a game that was decided by 16 points, that, that turned out to be pretty huge. As for Seattle, uh, as noted, leading rusher was Russell Wilson, six carries of 49 yards, is 8.2 yards per carry, Thomas, but Thomas Rawls on 11 carries only had 34 yards and 3.1 yards, so a lot of short yards there for Seattle. Uh, passing, Russell Wilson went 17 of 30 for 225 yards, had three sacks and two interceptions, also had two touchdowns, although what I'm going to remember about Russell Wilson in this game, and what I'm, go- what I'm going to remember about Doug Baldwin in this game, is the missed touchdown opportunities they had. Uh, early on, two, well, two of them led to field goals. One was a corner route where Baldwin was wide open, absolutely should have been a touchdown. Uh, then on another third down, Baldwin was open on a jump pass attempt, 
that wasn't easy because Russell would have had to get the ball over a short zone defender to to, uh, to Baldwin, but it was there to be made. And then in the third quarter, Baldwin was open for what would have been a very long touchdown down the middle of the field, and Russell overthrew him. And in a game where Russell needed to be perfect to keep up with the MVP, he wasn't. They left points on the board, and they lost. Uh, Baldwin was still Seattle's leading receiver, at least by catches. Had five catches for 80 yards and a, touch, and a touchdown in nine targets. Paul Richardson had four catches for 83 yards and five targets. Jimmy Graham, three for free, but only for 22 yards. That's just 7.3 yards per catch, though he did have a touchdown as well. John Ryan had a monster game. Two punts, a 60-yarder, and a 59-yarder. Excuse me. Uh, one was inside the 20. One was ordered in a 10-yard punt return, but you will take that in a heartbeat. And Devin Hester, the surprise star of the game for Seattle, signed off the street just about, what, 10 days before the game or so, and uh, five kick returns for 194 yards. There's a 38.8-yard average, including a 78-yarder. As for the defensive stats, uh, not a lot for Seattle. K.J. Wright was the leading tackler with 10, followed by Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman and Bobby Wagner each had 8. Michael Bennett had the closest thing to a big day. He had one sack, two tackle for losses, a quarterback hit, and a pass defense. Todd Rubin had a sack and two quarterback hits. Frank Clark had a sack and two quarterback hits. And that's really about it. Uh, only two passes defense the whole day for a team that put the ball in the air as often as Atlanta did is not very good. And then for Atlanta, leading tackler was safety Keanu Neal. Uh, they had seven hits on the day, two by Dwight Freeney, uh, one each by a bunch of other players. Uh, Brooks Reed, uh, Jonathan Babineau, and Brooks Garland, I believe, each had a sack. Uh, two tackles for loss for Babineau, and that really is about it. So that's it. Season over. Uh, like I say, this offensive line was no good, and then the defensive secondary had too many injuries to overcome, so not a surprise that they fell eventually. Uh, so here we go. It is offseason time. As we go into the offseason, here are the top priorities. This will not be a surprise. Number one, fix the offensive line. Uh, it was not very good. I mean, the center is probably the best position, and Jermaine Fetty was a first-round pick, so there's hope he'll improve. But there's plenty of room for improvement at both tackle spots, maybe even at left guard. Uh, at his press conference today, Pete Carroll said they will not just throw money at the, at the offensive line. So they're not going to go on a uh, free agent spending spree. Uh, they did admit there was work to do. The good news is, just add a couple draft picks, they'll probably be better. When you are the worst line in the league, improving is not hard. Uh, it's hard to get, you can, they can't get any worse just by random chance, they should be better. The other two personnel questions they will have to address, Jimmy Graham is due $10 million in 2017. It's the last year of his contract. It's doubtful they will sit tight. They will, in all likelihood, try to get him to sign an extension that will lower his, tra- his cap hit for this year. I suppose it's also possible they could trade or cut him, but I don't think that's likely. Uh, they clearly see, saw a lot of him in him when they went out to get him. And like I say, like I have said before, I can't imagine what the 2016 Seahawks offense would have looked like without Jimmy Graham to throw to. And on the other side of the ball, Cam Chancellor is entering a similar situation. It is the last year of his contract. Uh, it's doubtful that they will just let that play out. They will likely either sign him to an extension, make him a cap cut, or trade him. We'll have to see how that works out. So, oh, before I leave, uh, we should talk about what else is going on going on with the Locked On Podcast Network today. Over at Locked On NFL, the mothership, Matt Williamson is going to look at review all four playoff games, the Falcons over Seahawks, Patriots over Texans, the Packers over the Cowboys, and the Steelers over the Chiefs. Over at Locked On NFL Draft, which is something Seahawks fans should be interested in now since their playoff hopes are dashed, 
Uh, Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs are going to look at some notable names in the early entry pool for the 2017 draft. And over at Locked On Fantasy, Sporting News is Vinny Iyer is going to break down everything he saw this weekend, dive into the box score to tell you what you need to know for the advanced and eliminated teams going forward. So that is what's going on with the Locked On Podcast Network. Be sure and check that out today. So that is it as far as Seahawks business goes. As far as this podcast, uh, we'll see what happens next. Uh, I probably won't do another show until I get a new microphone. As you can probably tell, the sound quality here sucks. I've been shouting at my laptop this whole time. So we'll be on a hiatus for a while, and uh, that's that. But I do want to thank you all for listening. I would ask you to follow the show on Twitter, at Locked Seahawks. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash LockedOnSeahawks. And we'd love to hear from you. You can drop us a line at LockedOnSeahawks at gmail.com. That's going to do it for today. Thank you for listening, and go Hawks. You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily podcast on the Seattle Seahawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.